Welcome to Caregiving Club On Air. This podcast is dedicated to the millions of family caregivers who want wellness tips and self-care solutions, who seek expert advice, and who want news about healthy aging and how to create well-home design in our forever homes. I'm Sherry Snelling, a corporate gerontologist, author, and educator, a TV interviewer, host, and news commentator. I'm joining you from Southern California, where our interviews and news take us all across the country to explore the many ways to help you on your caregiving journey and to lift you up here at Caregiving Club On Air. Welcome everybody to Caregiving Club On Air, and this is our episode called Calling All Caregivers, Let's Go Shopping, How to Live to 100, and the power of daydreaming. I'm your host, Sherry Snelling, and I'm really excited to have two wonderful guests on our episode today, Bianca Padilla, who is the CEO and founder of CareWell, and Jimmy Zolo, who is the co-founder of Joe and Bella. And both of them are entrepreneurs who are really making shopping for caregivers so much easier for our older loved ones. We're going to talk to both of them in just a couple of minutes, and it's really great because this is May National Older Americans Month, but it's also May National Small Business Month, and they are both wonderful entrepreneurs. And our caregiver wellness news, we're going to be talking about uh, how to take a real age test and also how to calculate whether you might live to age 100. We're also going to focus on May's National Mental Health Awareness Month and talk a little bit about what employers are doing to provide mental health and emotional health benefits to employees at work, particularly those employees who may be caregivers. And in Well Home Design News, we're going to focus on all of the wonderful e-commerce shopping sites that are out there now to help caregivers take care of their older loved ones. And our Me Time Monday Wellness Act, we're going to focus on daydreams and how they can help our health. With that, let's take a look at our caregiver wellness news. So for our caregiver wellness news, as we've told you, May is Older Americans Month. And last episode, we talked a lot about the statistics of living longer. And this episode, we're going to dive into, okay, so what are the things that we can all be doing that will help us live longer and also have better quality of life and live healthier for those bonus years that we're going to get? So a couple of things I wanted to mention. First of all, You know, the concept of play is, of course, associated with children. And one of the things that I think happens to us as we become adults and we have all these responsibilities is we really do forget how to play. And it's one of the key ingredients in helping us to live longer. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. One is when you involve yourself in play and whether that's a game or some kind of physical activity or whatever it is, we are releasing endorphins and endorphins are natural pain relievers. They're like our own natural morphine and they really do help us with some of the pain that we might be feeling, whether it's arthritis or back pain or, you know, whatever you may have. So that's one of the benefits. The other benefit is I mentioned is when you play, you typically don't play by yourself, you play with others. And so you're going to have more social interaction, which again, we know is one of the key ingredients to living longer. It's also going to work out our brain. So there's some intellectual health along with our social health and our physical health that all comes into this concept of play. And one of the things that I do in my workshops for Me Time Monday is we talk a little bit about, you know, what did you love to do when you were a kid? 
And we kind of, you know, talk a little bit about that. And some of the things that we did as children, we don't necessarily do as adults now. Maybe that's good in certain ways, but, you know, there's, there's so much fun and kind of these carefree moments involved in childhood. And those are the kinds of things we want to tap into as adults. So I'll just share a couple of things with you. I know sometimes my brother listens to this podcast. So if he's out there listening, he's gonna this will bring a smile to his face because we're about four years apart. But we, you know, we were always playing with each other's friends and stuff after school. And one of the things that we really love to do is we had a couple of games because this is way before, by the way, folks, this is way before video games, this is way before the internet. So you were always outside with your friends, which is actually a good thing. But we had a hedge in our front lawn. And so we used to do what we call jump the hedge. So it was like doing high hurdles. And we, we would do that over and over. I think about it today and I think I need to go back to doing that because we jumped that hedge about 50 times at least. We also did a game that we called Statue Maker. And that's where you whirl each other around and kind of throw each other across the lawn and then you have to freeze as a statue. I know, kind of crazy stuff, right? But it was so much fun and we would laugh and you know have so much fun with our friends. And I think those are the things that we're looking to kind of bring back into our lives. The other thing I just want to say is that I grew up in Southern California. So we were only about a half an hour or so from Disneyland. So my brother and I, our birthdays are about three days apart in May, by the way. So Disneyland was always the go-to place for our birthdays. We were able to take a friend or two with us and really have fun in Disneyland. And, you know, Disneyland is, of course, you know, the Magic Kingdom. It's where happiness happens. Again, I think going back to kind of those playful moments and even well into our adulthood, my brother and I, and then, you know, his his family and my extended family, we would um, spend our day at Disneyland. So that was always a lot of fun. So let me tell you a little bit about what we can do in terms of calculating our real age, particularly I think for caregivers, because we know that there's a lot of stress and, you know, concerns and emotional health issues and all of these are having impact on our overall health. And so the lifestyle factors and what's going on in our lives is so critical and as important as eating correctly or getting good exercise. So there's a really great tool that you can use online. It's actually by ShareCare and it's called the Real Age Test. And what's really wonderful about this test, it takes about 15 minutes. You have to be prepared with a few bits of information like your waist measurement and some other calculations, but it'll take about 15 minutes to do. And then what they tell you is based off of what you answered, they give you your not your chronological age, obviously, which we all know, but really your kind of your biological age and telling you, okay, this is where your body is at. This is where your mind's at. And these are maybe some of the things that you can think about that would help to keep you younger in that real age test, which I think is really fascinating. And it's been validated by science, by the way, uh, ShareCare put out a press release a couple of years ago that talked about how they were, their test was looked at in a peer reviewed journal, and it was shown to actually be very accurate in terms of what your age might be. So, you know, if your age right now is 50, you may score at 35, and that would be your quote unquote Biological age is 35, whereas your chronological age, of course, is 50, which would be a good thing. That's a really great test. There's also another one which I find really interesting, and it's a longevity test, and it's actually a calculator that lets you know 
what possibility you might have of living to the age 100. And so I'm going to have the links to both of these tests on our episode guide page, but you may want to check those out. And what's interesting about that living to 100 test is that most people score in their 80s, okay, which is, you know, pretty close to what our average lifespans or what we're told are today. But you may want to just check that out because there are some people, obviously, that score a little bit higher. And it's about 40 quick questions about your health and also your family history. And it takes about 10 minutes to complete. And then you get a personalized plan again. So if there's some things that they're maybe recommending for you so that you can live to 100 and live to a good 100, have quality of life in those uh, bonus years, then they give you some recommendations for that, which is really interesting. Now, I also mentioned that May is National Mental Health Awareness Month. And I wrote an article for PBS Next Avenue that really looked at what are the latest trends in the workplace that employers are putting in place to help their employees with mental and emotional health issues. We know during the pandemic, there were studies and surveys and statistics coming out, and particularly for caregivers. One of the studies that I've noted before is the Care Wellbeing Index And during the pandemic, what we know is that family caregivers who were also working were suffering higher levels of burnout. So anywhere from 72 to 80% of burnout was being felt. Also, 68% said definitely my emotional health was impacted. So one of the things that I think is really great is employers are really starting to pay attention to mental and emotional health issues. And so there are a lot of trends and a lot of things that are happening and whether that's a, you know, a mindfulness meditation app, whether it's um, certain supports that are being put into place in the workplace, but you can check out that article. We'll have it on the episode guide page and that'll really give you a lot of details around what's going on. But keep in mind that if you are working and you do feel that you are having some issues with emotional health, there are some resources through your employer that can help you. And another one, of course, is teletherapy. So a lot of teletherapy benefits out there now. So, you know, you don't need to make a certain appointment with a therapist. You can actually do a teletherapy appointment. So those are just a couple of things to work about or think about. So we're going to go into our interviews now. And as I mentioned earlier, we have two really wonderful entrepreneurs on our show today. And our first interview is going to be with Bianca Padilla, who is the CEO and founder of CareWell. And, you know, CareWell is really interesting because I almost think of them as kind of like the much more easy to navigate, give you a lot of good information, CVS, Rite Aid, or Target, because they have so many different products. I think they've got, Bianca will tell us, but I think it's about 10,000 different products. They give you you know, what to think about, what the side effects could be, what you need to think of as well as this product and this other thing may help you. All the things we don't know as caregivers and we kind of stumble into, CareWell really guides you through that. So we're going to talk to Bianca and she's going to tell us a lot about what's going on and how to connect with CareWell, but it's just a really wonderful resource for caregiver shopping. And so here we are with our first interview with Bianca Padilla. So I'm really thrilled to have our next guest on, Bianca Padilla, who is the CEO and founder of CareWell, which is a wonderful online caregiving shopping site. We just have really wanted to talk to Bianca for a long time, and she's finally here, and she's going to tell us all about CareWell and also about her personal experience as a caregiver. So Bianca, welcome to Caregiving Club on Air. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sherry. Well, it's great to see you. And, you know, we always start, our first question is always, where are we talking to you from today? I'm actually calling from New York City. 
Um, my husband and I are here every so often to connect with partners and investors and some teammates. So we're excited to be here. It's a beautiful day here. It is beautiful. And now where is the company headquartered or where are you usually when you're doing your day-to-day business? Usually in Miami, Florida, but we're actually completely remote. So the vast majority of our teams, you know, we've got a ton in the Northeast, in California, down in Florida. And that's the wonderful thing, right, about doing business these days is we can kind of be anywhere and still still pull everything off, which is really great. Well, Bianca, as I said, CareWell is such a wonderful resource for family caregivers. And I want to have you go into explaining everything that you do and what you offer, but you have a really wonderful story about how CareWell got started. And I know it has to do with your grandma and we love, we love our grandmothers. So tell us a little bit about how you came to be a caregiver and then start CareWell. It was really an inspiration, not just of my grandmother, but of my, of watching my mother having to care for my grandmother and just seeing the difficulties that she went through. And so I moved home after college and unexpectedly my mom and myself became caregivers to my grandmother who lived with us. She had a a major surgery and it left her pretty much immobile. And it was really for the first time we had to care for her. And so we found ourselves amongst the 20% of Americans who had to do this pretty much for the first time. We had no formal training. I mean, we're not doctors or nurses. We just had no idea where to start, what products were best, even what existed in the market. And so the process was really, really just overwhelming and it was expensive. And so, of course, you know, we're, we're doing our best. And I ended up going on a first date with my now husband. He mentioned to me that he had just won a business competition for an adult incontinence subscription service. And I felt like, wow, that's something that we could use as a family. And I just loved it. And I asked him, you know, would you want to start that business with me? And that's really how the idea for CareWell was born. Which I love. And, and, you know, I know that it is a family business in a way. My family has a family owned business. I am the only one that doesn't work for the business. <laughs> I'm like the outlier, but my mom and my brother are now running the business that was started by my stepdad. So I totally understand that kind of family dynamic. And I know your mom's involved too. So how is that for you in, in being an entrepreneur and starting up this new business? How important is it to have kind of that family, you know, involved in what you're doing? I think it has just set us apart from the competition. I mean, you have to think my mom was really the inspiration behind Carewell's mission. She's the, the classic woman whose mom lives with her, who's, she's between 45 and 65. And I saw her and I was trying to help her really provide this excellent care to my grandmother. Again, this is my grandmother helped raise us. She obviously raised my mom. And I saw my mom just, she was fiercely loyal. She's caring, she's dependable. And those are really the values that I saw, you know, caregiving alongside of her that we use to build really the core of our culture here at CareWell and the core of everything we do. And it's to ensure that we're supporting and serving the more than 53 million caregivers across the country, like if they were our own family. And so everything we do is really thought out. It's very intentional. And I can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But having my mom, having my husband, and we have several family members that that work in the business. It's really, they care so much. They're so passionate about caregiving. Many of them have been caregivers or are the children of caregivers. It really has created this culture 
that not only do we care for our customers, we care for each other, we care about how the experience is uh, when you, you know, speak to a customer care person on the phone. And, you know, I think without their support, without their effort, CareWell would not be who it is today and, and where it is today. I love a couple of things there. One is, of course, you've really almost got three generations involved in what's going on with CareWell, if you include your grandmother. And, you know, that's really important because, again, we know that 25% of millennials are, are, you know, involved in caregiving. And so there's a real sense, I think, with CareWell that you're really addressing what are the current needs of today's caregivers. And then I love the fact that you've got your husband involved in the business and you two are really partners in that because I talked to so many entrepreneurs and I think the tough hurdle is, you have to live and breathe your business every day. And when your partner doesn't really maybe understand what you do or understand that kind of commitment, it can make it really challenging. So you're kind of in it together, which I think is really important. Yeah, running a business is a team sport, but also being a caregiver is a team sport. My husband, his grandparents call him for supplies all the time and we're making recommendations. And and so it's, it's really nice to be able to run a business with our family, but also have that business help support and serve our own family and so many other families. And so it's, it's really been truly a blessing. Absolutely. So we're talking all about, you know, around what CareWell does. And I know you kind of started with this idea around incontinence products, but tell us specifically, what are the types of, of things that you are offering on your site and how do you really curate the items and the products that you are selling to customers? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, Carewell.com offers products ranging from incontinence wear to nutritional items. So think, you know, drinks and shakes and feeding tube formulas. We have a huge selection and growing of pain management in arthritis. So biofreeze, icy hot and, and all those types of products. We have personal care like uh, wipes and rash creams. And we also have things that will help people age more safely in their homes. We call it daily living. So think of things like walkers and bathing accessories like commode chairs, bed pads, et cetera. And incontinence nutrition are our most popular categories, which of course correlates to the needs of, of the care recipients. And incontinence is a hurdle for so many people, especially people with limited mobility, and they really want to feel secure and confident and live with dignity. And so our customer care team, we really thrive off the feedback that we get from customers. And so we're able to really recommend the products that other caregivers love. And we also get to know the caregiving situations at a very intimate level with customers. And so if a product doesn't work with somebody for a particular reason, we'll know we've heard that problem before and we'll be able to recommend a different product that solves that particular challenge. And so we do that across a range of, of product categories. And the more we speak to customers, the more feedback we get, the better our recommendations get, and the more we can really take the guesswork out of caregiving and save the caregiver lots of time, lots of frustration, and, and lots of money. Well, and that's the thing I really love about your site. And I know when you and I spoke, I think it was a couple of years ago, it really struck me that you're doing something unique in the space. And that is you're not just offering the things that we know are needed out there, but you're also really giving a lot of explanation. You're talking about, you know, maybe there could be these kinds of side effects or here's how to use it. Here's how to, you know, do it. So there, all that good information is on your site. And you touched upon the fact that you also talk to your customers. You know, there was something that was really interesting. There's a Harvard Business Review article that came out, I think, a couple of months ago. And what it said is the way that we should market family caregivers is not just 
you know, here it is, or here's why you need it, but acknowledge who they are, what their lives are like, what their value is and what their efforts are. And I think you guys really have embraced that. So tell me a little bit more about just kind of that customer service and really listening and, you know, seeing your customers and knowing what they really need. I mean, acknowledging caregivers' efforts is just essential to their well-being, and it really goes back to CareWell's mission of supporting and improving their lives. I mean, it's why we started the company. We saw how difficult it was. We saw how challenging and confusing it was, and we felt so passionate about making the caregiving experience better that that's why we launched the company. And so, you know, we do tons of things, like you just mentioned, to make sure that they feel seen and heard. And We've designed our company to be incredibly customer centric. In fact, we were just named yesterday or two days ago, one of Forbes top 100 most customer centric companies in 2022. Congratulations. That's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. And so, you know, again, goes back to just how much we care about the customers. But one of the ways we do that, of course, is through our customer support line. It's available 24 seven in English and Spanish, via phone, email chat that connects you to a real person who is trained on how to handle and how to care for and help you better care for your loved one. And so we've got this team of caregiving specialists. They receive over a hundred hours of training on empathy, on the products, on how to use them, on how not to use them. And they know about all the products on the site. And so when somebody calls in, you know that you're talking to somebody who's knowledgeable, who has heard a lot of the problems that you've heard that you're facing and can really recommend the best products or the best solutions for you. And so we've got that portion of the business that's that's really, you know, just flourishing every day. And then we also do things like highlight caregiver stories on carewell.com from caregiving heroes, which we have several of all the way to our caregiver of the year awards which we gave away $5,000 to one lucky caregiver who had been caring for many years for her mom and her brother. And we also created a community on social media where caregivers can really share their experiences. They can connect. That's again, just really starting to take off. And so if anyone's listening, go follow our Instagram account. We do a great job over there and we'd love to hear more about your stories so we can make sure that we uplift everybody's across the, the nation. And I think that's so great. And you're right. We learn from each other, right? In the caregiving world, we kind of, you know, pick up these tips and everything. And I love the fact that you're doing these, the annual award. So is that something that you do every year and we can find more information then on your site and everything? Absolutely. So uh, we started it last year and then this is our second year. And so the prizes have been growing every year. This year, we also included 10 caregiving heroes or it might've been more, it might've been 20. It was just too hard for us to choose just 10. So we expanded it to 20 because everyone's stories are just so tremendously impactful. We wanted to just continue to share them. We do that and we have caregiving heroes that we talk about throughout the month. They're on our site, they're on our social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. And it's just been really, really rewarding to hear how passionate other people are and how much pride there is in caregiving and how much love there is behind it. We just I mean, it's so necessary to share all of these stories. Most people don't know, but 75% of Americans are going to eventually become a caregiver, right? It's going to impact almost every single one of us. And it's important that we're aware that it's going to happen so we can talk about it more, so we can better plan for it. And then we can also enjoy it when we get there, because that's, that's one of the things that most people don't talk about is really the joy that comes with caregiving and being able to spend a lot of special time with their loved ones, especially at the tail end of their lives. Well, and I want to pick up on that thought in a minute, but one of the things I think that 
caregivers struggle with is we don't know what we don't know, you know? And so even some of the day-to-day needs and some of the products that you're, you're providing, I wouldn't know to come and say, hey, I need this or I need that. What can we do or what are you doing to kind of reach out to caregivers, make sure, first of all, they know that you're a resource for them. And then also to help educate people about, you know, you're going to have to do this if your loved one has this kind of a situation or a diagnosis. How, How does that work? It's a great question. There are several things that we're doing now that are continuing to grow. So the first thing we have is just tons of resources on the site. And so if you sign up for our email list, we have a newsletter and we send out emails uh, once a week that talk about some of the challenges that caregivers face and and some of the solutions that we recommend based off of experience or based off other people's experience or uh, based off experts' opinions. We have that so you can go on our website and you can sign up for our newsletter to read more and just stay in the loop of what you don't know. On the second part is we've been partnering on social media with other caregivers to share their tips and their tricks for how to best provide care to their loved ones. And so you'll see more and more of those videos coming up and their experience, you know, in their own homes, caring for their moms, caring for their dads, caring for their grandparents. And those are just, again, invaluable experiences. We don't have these communities like we have in in newborn parents or who have small children. And so that's really what we're trying to create is this community where we can give each other those tips and tricks and connect them with the right resources, right? So we've got a a nurse on our team, her name's Kira. We've got people who call in and ask her questions. And so we encourage anyone listening here, if you have a question, there's nothing we haven't heard before. I mean, we get thousands of calls a day. Call in, ask, just tell us your problems and we'll try to connect you to the right person, whether it's a nurse, whether it's a professional, whether it's an expert, we'll help get the answer for you. Which is wonderful. And I think we want to have Kira on one of our future podcast episodes. She can just tell us all the questions that she's fielding. Exactly. That's so many. Yeah. You touched upon something and I think it's so vital. And you said, you know, I mean, like the mom groups, right, which are really powerful and can, you know, influence a lot of things that are out there. But we have certain things that happen in our lives. So, you know, maybe we get married or maybe we start having children and we plan for all of these things. We don't plan to become a caregiver for our older loved ones. We all know we're living longer. I'm just curious, what's your take and what are you seeing on why is it that we don't plan for caregiving? Oh, I think we don't plan because we as a as a society, we just don't like to think about death and dying. And we certainly don't want to think of people who we love immensely uh, near the end of their life. And so, you know, I think that that's going to be a big challenge that us as Americans are going to have to face is making it a broader and a less touchier subject. We're all going to die someday. That's a sad fact. But that also means that the time that we have is really precious we tend to think of caregiving as very negative and, and very sad, but I've personally found, you know, spending time with my grandmother and spending the time bonding over it with my mom to be such a, it's made, it's really helped our relationship thrive and flourish and helped us to connect. And I think we see this during times where women have children, they, they reconnect with their mom and they're so thankful. And I find very similar situation connecting with my mom, helping her care for her grandmother, for my grandmother and for her mom and sharing the experiences, the frustrations, the laughs. And so I think we just have to talk more about it, get more people to understand that it's, it's not such a scary subject. There's tons of people going through it. You're not alone in it. And there are resources that are here to help just like CareWell, right? And and a ton of others. 
you just don't know about them. And it's our job as, as care well and as caregivers to inform and really build that community so that other caregivers can not feel like they're drowning or like they're alone because they're not right. We're here to support them. And that's something that's really encouraging about the caregiving community is that there are so many people who are willing to help and share their feedback, their love, their support. And I think that's very unique. I think you're right. And I think it is a really supportive network. I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, you can find those silver linings. I mean, as you said, when we think about aging, particularly as we start to get into, you know, maybe our 80s or 90s, you know, we think, oh, it's disease and decay and decline and dementia and all those, all those awful D words, right? But there can still be this wonderful relationship and things that you learn about yourself. I learned so much about myself caring for both my dad and my stepdad at the end of their lives. You know, I've talked a little bit about my parents were divorced, so I didn't really grow up with my father and I didn't know him until the last really, really intimately the last three years of his life. And it was such a gift. And I'm so glad I had that opportunity. So I think you're right. I think in the daily struggles and feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, we can still find, you know, some of those silver linings, which is really great. What was the thing that most surprised you, whether it was with the business with CareWell or in your own personal caregiving experience, what surprised you the most about just caregiving and getting involved in this world now? I think it's exactly what I just mentioned is just how supportive the community is and how willing they are to share their experiences and their love for not just their loved ones, but for other people's families. Similarly, for when we started the company, I mean, I think we have a really strong mission, but the people that we've worked with, the people who are our teammates, we couldn't have done this without them. They are so passionate about helping caregivers, about making their experience better. And I think that that love and that care really resonates with our audience. It resonates through our customer experience. It resonates on our team. I've just been more surprised, if anything, that that there is so much love, that there is so much passion, that, that so many people care so deeply and passionately about helping other people. And that's kind of the, the message that I think gets lost sometimes in, in the fact that it is a sad subject, is that there are so much positive things that come from it and there is just so much love. Yeah. You know, and it's fascinating. There was a study that came out a few years ago that I think it was in the Journal of Gerontology, and it talked about the fact that caregivers, once their caregiving experience was done and and maybe they'd lost their loved one, 50% of them actually volunteered to support other caregivers or, you know, help out in whatever way that they could, which I think is really fascinating. You know, you would think that all you want to do is go sleep and, you know, you know, kind of just exhale or whatever, but really, it's really about that giving back, which I think is really wonderful. It shows, right? I mean, it's like an addiction almost when you feel fulfilled when you're helping others. It's something that, you know, I think most of us don't really get to do in our lives. And this is one of those times where it's also a great way to give back to the people who either raised us or were part of our lives. And I think, you know, after the fact, it's it's certainly something that you miss and and that we take granted of. So one of the things that I recommend is, is really to take stock in the moment and to cherish the the time that we have, you know, for exactly the reason you said, right? Once it's over, it's over. And so we got to appreciate the time that we have, especially with our loved ones. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I focus on a lot is kind of this balance for caregivers, trying to find that me time and that self-care time, which is so difficult to do, right? It's easy to say, really difficult to do. So I have to ask you, what is it that is your me time passion? What do you do that's just for you? My favorite me time passion, well, there's two things. 
One is wine okay. <laughs> and two is going on walks. And so I go on very long walks um, with my husband or with my mom around the neighborhood and, and we live in Miami. And so we've got, you know, beautiful weather. Well, actually it's getting to be pretty, pretty hot in Miami. So not beautiful weather at the moment, but it's still sun and shiny and seeing the palm trees. I mean, it's just, you know, I go on, when I say long walks, they're like an hour. We just go out there and until the sun pretty much goes down. And so um, that's my me time. That's my mom's me time and, and my husband's me time. And, and we really enjoy that time together. And I love that because it's getting outside. It's just kind of listening to, you know, the sounds of nature and hopefully trying to just, again, get that kind of breathing going. And, and it's wonderful to just clear your mind. So I love that me time. We're going to definitely make sure we share that with everybody. So is there anything else that you can tell us about Carewell that I haven't asked you? Again, I think it's a phenomenal site. I want all of our listeners to go and check it out because it's so helpful. And, and as you said, your Carewell customer service people will also help guide caregivers. If you don't know what you need, ask the questions, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, go to carewell.com. We have a selection of more than 10,000 products. We've got a library of resources. We've got a newsletter that you should sign up for to get those resources delivered to your inbox weekly. And you should definitely connect even just to say hello to one of our caregiving specialists. I mean, they've heard everything. And if they don't know the answer, we've got a team of, of partners that we work with from nurses to professionals. So we will get you the answer. We also have a vibrant community and growing of caregivers on our Instagram, on our Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok. You should really go out and follow and comment, like, tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us the problems we're having, you're having so that we can go find the answers for you if we don't know them and share the tips and tricks. I love that. So again, it's carewell.com, everybody. And you can check Carewell out on all of those different social media channels. And I love the fact that you're really encouraging people to tell you what they need and, you know, be part of what you're creating, right? Yes. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us the products you want. We will go and source them. Tell us the content you want. We will go and create that content, right? Tell us what answers you need help with. Like that's our job is to create that experience for you. And without feedback, we can't do it. We started this whole company based off of what customers calling us wanted, right? It's based right. off caregivers and their feedback. And so really encourage us to follow us also on, on social media. That's an easy way to connect low risk. Our handles Carewell family. Wonderful. Well, Bianca, it's so wonderful to talk to you. And I am so excited to have you as part of the Caregiving Warriors now, because you're one of the great voices out there that's really helping to lead us to really focus more on how important caregiving is and how we can help and support our caregivers. So thank you for everything you're doing. Well, thank you so much for having me and for everything you do to support the community. Great. Well, it's great talking to you. Take care. You too. So that was a really great interview with Bianca. And our next guest is also helping caregivers with their shopping needs for older adults. And the interview that I'm going to bring you now is with Jimmy Zolo, who's the co-founder of Joe and Bella. And, you know, Joe and Bella is really interesting. They started out with a variety of different products, but what they found is, and Jimmy's going to tell us the story, that a lot of people were coming there for the adaptive clothing. Now, the adaptive clothing industry is actually $267 million and growing. And one of the things I think is really exciting is Joe and Bella is going to be bringing out their own brand of clothing. So there's just a lot of really interesting things going on out there. And I think Joe and Bella is one of those really great resources for caregivers. And by the way, Joe and Bella are real people. And you're going to hear that story from Jimmy Zolo. So here's our interview with Jimmy. 
So I'm really excited to introduce my guest today because Jimmy Zolo, who is the co-founder of a new online shopping for caregivers and for older loved ones called Joe and Bella. It's a wonderful story, and I'm really proud to do this interview because Jimmy and um, the other founders asked me to be on their advisory board when they launched, and I was really honored to do that. So it's exciting to have you here to tell the story about Joe and Bella. Jimmy, welcome to Caregiving Club on Air. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to be here and share a little bit about our story and what we're doing. Absolutely. So the first question we always ask all of our guests is, where are we talking to you from today? So I am working from home out of a suburb of Chicago called Northbrook. My wife and I lived downtown for about 10 years, but we had a COVID baby. And uh, because of the baby, we're now, we're now just outside of the city. We needed a little bit more room. I understand that. The work from home, I think, is probably something we're not all going to go back to immediately, it looks like. But so you had your COVID baby, but then you also launched your other baby, which is Joe and Bella, kind of in the midst of everything we were going through with the pandemic. So first of all, tell us a little bit about the origin story of Joe and Bella, because what I love is that Joe and Bella are real people and they were the inspiration for what you're doing. So tell us first about that story. Yeah. So Joe and Bella are real people. The quick backstory about how we met Joe and Bella. So I was helping and my family was helping care for my grandparents. My grandfather had Parkinsonia dementia. My grandmother had three failed hip surgeries and was in a wheelchair. And they had 24-7 in-home care. And despite that really high level of care, my grandmother still wasn't safe. She still was a fall risk. And it just didn't make sense to be at home anymore. So we had to make the difficult decision to move her to a senior care community outside of Chicago. And it was a bit of a last-minute move because she had another unexpected fall. We had picked out which community to go to. We thought we were maybe uh, several weeks away, but she fell again and it, it was time. And it was so last minute, in fact, that it was Christmas Eve of 2012 that we moved her on in. As you know, anyone who's gone through that experience of caring for a loved one and making the decision of, should we move them into a care community? You go through all sorts of emotions of whether or not it's the right decision. Are they going to get the level of care that they need? Are they going to be with people that they want to be with? Are they going to be emotionally taken care of as well as physically? All of it. And you're doubting yourself and you're anxious and tack onto that. It's, it's Christmas Eve and it's a skeleton crew and it's dark and it's cold and snowy in Chicago. And we're going through all of the emotions. This sounds like it should be like a Hallmark movie because I know there's a good <laughs> ending here. But. Right, I, I promise the, the story gets a little bit better. <laughs> but we're walking through, the nurse on staff was giving us a tour of the community. And as we're getting a tour, two of the residents sort of jump in line with us, <laughs> essentially. And as we're going around, they, they slowly just, just start taking over the tour and pointing out other residents and cracking jokes and making us laugh. By the end of the tour, the nurse was gone. It was just these two residents who were essentially putting on a show for us. And it was one of the best, most impactful moments of, of my family's lives. That, that was how we met Joe and Bella. So that was the Joe and Bella show. <laughs> yeah, it was the Joe and Bella show. They were uh, widowed Holocaust survivors who we met later in life. They were both in their early 90s at the time when we met them. And they essentially became part of our family. They came to every holiday from Thanksgiving to Mother's and Father's Day to, to birthdays, you, you name it. And they ate every single meal with my grandparents for 
the duration of their stay at that, that specific care community and naming our company after Joe and Bella. We did it for a really specific reason. Number one, because that moment in how they made us feel is the type of feeling we want to be able to give back to everyone who's going through their own caregiving journey because the stress, the anxiety that goes on during that, Joe and Bella took that away. They gave us so much relief. They gave us the feeling of, don't worry, other people are going through this. It's it's going to be okay. And they did that with without obviously saying any of those words. They just they just kind of took over for us. So we we want to pass that feeling on. And, and the second reason is it gives our brand, it gives our company a standard that we have to live up to. That by naming it after these real people who have gone through so much in their lives, we need to live up to their names. And we need to make sure that the types of products that we put out there and develop is good enough. That's our goal. That's why we named it after them. Which is such a wonderful legacy. And I know, I think it was recently, we know that we lost Joe. We still have Bella. And we should mention to the audience when I was talking to one of your team members that Bella's originally from the Ukraine and with so much going on over there right now, you know, our prayers are with her and and with everybody. So, but I love the fact that you've named the side after real people and you do have now this kind of it's a shining beacon for what you're doing. So tell us what Joe and Bella is all about. What are we going to find when we come to the site? So when we started Joe and Bella, it, it was a very different site than it is now. So we started it at the peak of the pandemic. While we were help, helping to care for my grandmother, we were locked out during COVID. And so sort of overnight, we faced this new reality of not being able to know what she needed when she needed it. We didn't know if she had enough toothpaste, if her socks had holes in it you name it, if she had enough snacks, the basics. So so we built Joe and Bella just to sort of have the basic essential caregiving products up there that also allowed for automatic reordering. So families like ours who had a, a loved one in a care community could ensure that their loved one wouldn't be running out of the basics. Mm. But we've since evolved pretty dramatically since then. And now we're, we're actually mainly focused and featured adaptive clothing and adaptive apparel and happy to sort of talk through that transformation and why we're doing it and what's on the docket there. Yeah, I would love that. I want to make a comment too. And by the way, if you hear a little heavy breathing in the background, that's my dog. She's uh, (laughs) intently listening to our story here. But you know what I think a lot of our listeners and who many of them are caregivers right now, we don't realize when our loved ones go into some of these communities and assisted living, we feel like all of their care needs will be taken care of. And I think that you're really showing that their health needs for the most part are being taken care of. But some of those, the quality of life, you know, having the nice socks, as you said, or having some of these other things are not necessarily going to be delivered. And it's still up to the family caregivers to find those things. So you mentioned that you're kind of segueing now or pivoting, they call it in the entrepreneurial space into adaptive clothing. And I think you've got also some exciting news you're going to share with us today, but tell us how that evolved and what are the types of things that people should know about that are available through the Joe and Bella online store? Yeah, absolutely. So we added clothing to our site a few months in. And what happened was I was FaceTiming with my grandmother and a caregiver was helping her put on a sweater. And it was the first time in my life I had ever heard my grandmother swear before. (laughs) It was shocking. (laughs) She had her arms over her head and the pain from having to stretch that way to get a shirt on 
was unbearable. And it felt so unnecessary at the time too. Like what, why would she ever have to go through that pain and be put in that sort of physical position? So I started Googling around and found some really interesting adaptive clothing brands. And, and for those that don't know, adaptive clothing is simply clothing that has some really smart features that make dressing, undressing, going to the bathroom way easier and simpler. And, and it can serve two purposes. It's either about really extending independence. So allowing individuals to dress by themselves for a longer period of time, or in my grandmother's case, making the ease of caregiving and the ease of that process just way simpler and better and less painful and more dignified. So we went and ordered my grandmother a few of these options. And when it got to her, she refused to even try any of them on. <laughs> Why was she resisting? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, her, her reasoning was they're just too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true, right? Because it's like it's functional, but it's awful fashion. <laughs> exactly. It was, you know, it, it had some ugly colors and it, it just wasn't her. And I think as we age, we tend to be more sturdy or, or stubborn in our beliefs and what we like to wear and how we like to look. And those clothes just weren't my grandmother's. So we did a ton of research. We found some other brands and we put those clothing brands on the site. And quickly, uh, about 90% of our sales ended up being adaptive apparel the first month we put them on up there. Wow. And that was sort of a big wake up moment for us that, hey, maybe this is a bigger project than we had originally anticipated. The big news that I'm excited to share is that based upon that and based upon knowing what else is out in their market, we're actually launching our own apparel line of clothes. We've got our first two items coming out right at the middle of Q2 with six additional items coming out beginning of Q4 this year. We're going full steam ahead. Our goal is to totally revolutionize how we think about clothing for older adults in this country. And I love that. And I'm so excited too, that you're telling us this news. So we're getting a little bit of a sneak peek of what's coming up. And I know we're going to have some images that you guys are sending us that we can also include on the episode guide page for the podcast. But, you know, I think that's just marvelous. And, and really, it's so needed. And I love the fact that you are looking at the fashion and the function, because so much of this stuff that we know we really need for our older adults doesn't have to be ugly, right? It can be uplifting and still make you feel like you got a little bit of style going. So I love that you guys are going to do that. What are the kinds of things that, you know, that you find are really popular in terms of the clothing? So obviously the clothing kind of, you know, bubbled up to be your, your most popular items, but among the clothing, and I know you also do shoes and things, what are the things that you're finding that most people are looking for? Yeah. So there are a few different items that do really well. They do well for, for similar reasons. The first are adaptive pants. And we have two pairs of pants that, that do especially well. The first is pants that are specifically meant for older adults who are dealing with incontinence. And these pants have patented zippers technology on the sides and essentially on the undercarriage of the pants that allow them to be unzipped and zipped up without the individual having to fully disrobe. It makes the life of the caregiver way easier. It makes toileting way, way easier. And it's just been a phenomenal product. We've actually licensed that technology and it's gonna be our first two pairs of pants are gonna be using that technology that we come to the market with. So those are just phenomenal, phenomenal products. Right. And obviously so needed, you know, for so many of us who are caring for loved ones at home, or as you said, even in assisted living where they're not going to supply this and you want to make life easier and a little bit better. I think these are really wonderful. You know, the other thing that you do that I think is really key is so many 
really innovative companies come up with great ideas that are helping our, our older adults and helping caregivers to care for those adults, but they're not really thinking through the customer service part. And one of the things that I love about Joe and Bella is that you do have telephonic help. It's not just chatting online or, you know, sending an email into the ether and never knowing if someone's going to respond. So tell us about, you know, why that's so important for your customers. I think it's everything. Caring for a loved one is incredibly emotional and it can be really overwhelming. And a lot of the time you just don't know where to start. And, and with something like adaptive apparel, we didn't even know adaptive apparel was a thing until we started Googling around and we had to figure out what this all even meant. So we don't expect people to come to Joe and Bella and know exactly what's the right product or the right pair of pants for their loved one. So it, we think it's really important that we have folks that are, are ready to, to answer the phone and, and talk through specific use cases because everyone's journey is unique and everyone's abilities are evolving. So we want to make sure we're there to answer those questions and be really thoughtful in, in what we recommend and how we go about that. And I think that's going to be really different than going to you know any of the big websites where you're probably chatting with an AI or something like that. If you call exactly. us, yeah, if you call if you call Joan Bella now, Taylor will be picking up. Taylor was a nurse at an assisted living community for about five years and is just phenomenal. So this is a, an individual who who has really lived it and has cared for individuals for, for her professional life. And, and that's how we want to grow and develop is, is bringing along folks like her to the team. Well, and I love that because again, we go into caregiving and it's a big maze. You know, we're trying to navigate through all the different, you know, systems and things that might be helpful and financial stuff and everything. And so having just someone you can talk to, and again, as you said, you may know that you need some help or you need a different style of clothing or something, but you don't even know what to ask for. So having that guide, I think, is just so, so critical and so great for the, the family caregivers who are out there. Now, the other thing that you do, which I think is really wonderful, and again, it goes back to this legacy of Joe and Bella who gave to your grandparents, but you give back when customers purchase on Joe and Bella. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So we have what's known as our caregiver appreciation fund. So for every order that is placed on Joe and Bella, we give a percentage back in the form of a caregiver appreciation fund. And we've used this fund in a few different ways so far, which has been really fun. So, so the first few ways we were providing lunch for specific care community staffs throughout the year, providing lunch and breakfast. We've even started providing different equipment we've been providing to, to care communities. So in a variety of ways. But I can tell you that during the pandemic, the caregivers that I interfaced with and that were caring for my grandmother, they became part of our family. They really did. We were texting with them daily. They were there for every single FaceTime because my grandmother did not know how to, to pick up a FaceTime. So they were, they were there for, for every single call, every single intimate moment. They were part of our family. And they made such unbelievable sacrifices for their own families to, to be there for, for our loved ones and to care for our loved ones. So for us, giving back in any small way we can is, is really, really meaningful because we know how much that they give on a day-to-day -day basis and we know how emotionally impactful their job is. Um, to give a really quick story, my grandmother passed this past year. Sorry. Thank you. Well, well, the pandemic was still going on, not because of COVID but, or anything like that. But my father got to be there as she, as she was escorted out and, and got to see all of the caregivers at this community 
they circled up and they prayed and just about every single one of them cried. And to know the level of emotion that they go through, they probably had to do that same exact thing a week later or two weeks later. Oh, sure. I just can't imagine. So, so for us, we just want to say thank you to the caregivers that have given so much to us and are continuing to work incredibly hard under really tough circumstances because there's so many more nurses that are needed in this country right now. So it's, it, it's our very small way of saying thank you. Well, and it, it is such great recognition and great acknowledgement. I think you said, uh, you know, these, the paid caregivers, the professional caregivers, they are part of our families very often. And they do go through the same emotions that we do when we lose somebody. You know, we think, well, that's their job, but they really do get so involved with the families. I think what you're doing is so wonderful in acknowledging them. And a big shout out because, yeah, they were really our heroes. One of the things that that I was sensitive to is that when we were going through the pandemic, there was certainly a lot of attention placed on, you know, the hospital staff and and a lot of the nurses and, and people who were in more of that, what we call acute care, which, of, of course, was well-deserved, well-recognized, but not as much was being said about long-term care and all the people who were going in every day to the nursing homes and assisted living. And I thought, what about them? You know, they're, they're as big of heroes. So that's really right. A, a lot of these long-term care employees are making an hourly rate. And at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of them had a decision to make because a lot of these communities essentially said, if you want to continue to work here, we need a bubble. So if you're working two jobs, if you have other families that you're caring for, you need to give that up in order to keep your existing job. So a lot of these folks gave up 30, 40, 50% of their salary to continue working to care and continue caring for others. And, and it's just an unbelievable sacrifice that they all made. And they do. They, they really love what they do. Most of them, I would say, you know, sometimes we hear these awful stories, but I would say most, if not all of the caregivers I've met in a lot of these communities, they just really love taking care of our loved ones. And we really appreciate that. So Jimmy, this has been such a wonderful interview. And I, I, I don't know if there's anything we haven't covered yet, but tell us where our listeners can go to find Joe and Bella and find some of these wonderful clothes that you guys are selling. Absolutely. So please check us out at joeandbella.com. You can follow us on social media. So we have Instagram, which is shop Joe and Bella, Twitter, shop about Joe and Bella, Facebook is shop Joe and Bella. So those are all nice and consistent. We have a bunch of products up there right now, but like I said, end of May, most likely not early June, depending on how long products take to ship to the United States, we will have our first products dropping. So we'll keep you all posted if you follow us on social media for when that happens, which we're really, really excited about. Fantastic. And yes, we will be cheering for the Joe and Bella brand (laughs) when you guys launch. We'll make sure everybody knows about that. Well, again, thank you for talking to our listeners today. It's been great having you on Caregiving Club on air. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Our welcome design news. We're going to stay on this topic of shopping because I promised to bring you some more resources that are out there in terms of e-commerce and shopping sites that are great for caregivers. And because it's May, National Older Americans Month, and as we mentioned earlier, National Small Business Month, a lot of these companies are are startups in this space, but there's also some large brands and large companies that are also doing things to support caregivers. So 
just really quickly, again, I wrote an article, a different article for PBS Next Avenue on the new trends in caregiver shopping. And so we're going to have that article on the episode guide page. Lots of really great details and links in that article. But I wanted to quote you some of the statistics and some of the trends that we see happening. You know, we know things like live stream shopping, social commerce, experiential shopping. All of those are in the article, but those are some of the trends that we're just seeing overall from an e-commerce and even a retail and bricks and mortar shopping experience. But specifically when it comes to caregivers, I wanted to read to you a couple of statistics because there was a report that came out from ARP. It was actually, I think it was last year. And what they said is that seven in 10 family caregivers are covering, of course, out-of-pocket costs for their older loved ones. And 41% of those caregivers are saying that they're spending more money since the pandemic. I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. But what is terribly concerning is as we watch, you know, the inflation rates that are rising and, you know, the economic woes that we have at the gas pump and for our own grocery shopping and other things, it really puts a crunch on particularly, I think, middle Americans who aren't seeing necessarily a rise in wages and don't have the savings and the revenue right now, the salaries to cover these added costs that they may have with older parents. So it's a, it's a real tough time for a lot of Americans out there. You know, we're hopeful that things will start looking better very soon. But let me give you a couple of ideas of what's happening in terms of caregiver shopping. So there is a company called Open Style Lab. They actually won an ARP competition a couple of years ago, which was a design challenge that ARP holds. And um, their clothes were designed for people who have visual impairment. So either people who were blind or people who had things like low vision couldn't see very well. And so all of their items of clothing can be worn inside out, which I think is fantastic. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there that are thinking they'd love those for their kids as well. They also have a QR tag that you can use with your smartphone to describe the clothing. So again, if you are somebody who is blind or even colorblind and you can't tell, you know, what the item looks like, then you can put your smartphone and this app up to this QR tag in the clothing and it'll tell you exactly what the piece of clothing is, which is brilliant. So that's a really great innovation that's out there. Then Amazon and Kimberly Clark have gotten together. You know, Kimberly Clark does like the Depends brand among other items and they have put together something called the Caregivers Hub. So you can check that out. Right now, it's really just incontinence products, but I, you know, the plan is that they are going to expand in terms of that caregiver's hub. No doubt Amazon will get into this, I think in a big way, but we also know that places, the big box retailers like Costco and the warehouse stores, you know, the Costco, the Sam's clubs, even Walmart and Target are all getting into mobility products and other things, which are really great that you maybe were only able to find at a medical equipment or medical device store. So, So I think these are really wonderful. I think the thing that makes it tough, though, is that when you aren't guided on what really you should be looking for, you either have to go in with very specifics or if you go onto Amazon, they've got tons and tons of products. But how do you know which ones are really good? And that's where I really love the places like you just heard from Bianca at Carewell and Jimmy at Joe and Bella, because they really do guide their customers. Now, 
This same concept is actually being done by a really great new company. It's actually not a new company. I shouldn't say that. It's a new name, a new brand, and a whole new outlook on what they're doing in terms of caregiver shopping, but it's Journey Health and Lifestyle. Now, they've been around for 30 years, but they were previously known as First Street for Boomers and Beyond, and they were mostly a catalog company, but they had a variety of different things, and I would say mostly things maybe for the home, so it was... Uh, adjustable beds and task lighting and mobility products and, you know, different things for safety in the bathroom and a lot of different kinds of products like that. So what's happened is there's a whole new management team and they were actually a private equity, Peloton equity actually purchased First Street and has put, you know, they put this new brand around it and they're really looking to go into the e-commerce in a much bigger way. And one of the things that was great, and I actually interviewed Mitchell Yule for the interview that I did for a PBX Avenue for the article. So there's a lot of details about them in there. But he said that 55% of their shoppers so far are family caregivers shopping for their older loved ones. So they very much are in tune with what caregivers need. They, again, they're putting together, it's not really even customer service. It's really guided concierge type service where you will get somebody who knows all about the situation that your older loved one may be in and they can guide you on, well, have you thought about this or you might be needing this? And, you know, let let me show you a few things here. So, you know, simply by calling them and saying, here's my situation. I don't even know the questions to ask. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what to look for. They will help guide you through this. And then they also have really great customer service and warranties and, and all those kinds of things. So there's really a lot happening. And I think it's exciting, I think is the right word for caregivers who really need these kinds of, you know, resources, but also the guidance, you know, we don't know what to ask and we don't know what we don't know. All of these, these companies are really great. Now, one other um, company I just want to do a quick shout out to is a shoe company called Kissix. It's K-I-S-I-C-K-S, Kissix. And again, we're going to have, by the way, you know, links to all of this stuff on our episode guide page. These are really fashionable, kind of, you know, like athleisure wear shoes or, you know, even running shoes, walking shoes, whatever. But these are fantastic. And I will tell you why. Not only do they look great and they're super fashionable, they have so many different styles. These are shoes that look like they have laces, but you step into them and it's really easy. I've tried them out. You step into it. The heel in the back just pops right up and you're off to the races. And it's a proprietary technology that they've developed, which is one of the reasons why Nike has invested a whole lot of money in this company. But check them out because they are doing really great things. And I mean, you know, what's better, right? For an older adult who wants kind of something that looks a little fashionable, but it's too hard to tie laces. And sometimes it's even hard to bend over and do Velcro fastenings, which a lot of the uh, shoes for older adults look like. These are wonderful. So I can't say enough good things. I wish I had stock in the company. And, you know, maybe when they go public, I, I will have to think about that. But you should check them out because they can really be helpful, I think, for your older loved one. So next up, we have our Me Time Monday wellness hack. And we're going to be looking at how daydreaming can actually make us healthier. I'm Sherry Snelling, and welcome to our Me Time Monday Wellness Hack. In celebration of May's Mental Health Awareness Month, this episode's wellness hack is about the power of daydreaming to unlock emotional, intellectual, and social health. 
When we think of daydreaming, we think of a few fleeting seconds when we see ourselves as a rock star in front of thousands of screaming fans, or winning the lottery, or sailing the world on a beautiful yacht, or maybe taking the podium to receive our Olympic gold medal. But not all daydreams are fantasies. Sometimes they are ways to discover our own superpowers to overcome everyday challenges. While we think of daydream moments, in fact, studies have shown that daydreams actually occupy one third to one half of all of our waking hours. But don't confuse daydreams from the dreams we have during sleep. They are very different. Our dreams while we sleep often are confusing and have us jumping from one bizarre, unexplainable scene to the next. Night dreaming tends to not be logical or rational because they come from our subconscious mind and thus are not interpreted literally. Daydreams, on the other hand, are empowering because they are 100% of our own making. Daydreams are the movies in our minds where we are the actor, director, producer, screenwriter, and audience all in one. And in fact, the same kind of creativity that goes into movie making is at work when we daydream. We are thinking for pleasure similar to when we escape into a theater to watch a movie. It is only recently that daydreaming has been seen as an essential tool for better health. In years past, teachers and parents scolded children for staring into a faraway vista and following their own thoughts. Get your head out of the clouds and focus, was the old refrain. But today, we know that daydreaming can increase our creativity and problem-solving skills, improve our sense of self-identity and resiliency, and make us more empathetic and flexible in our thinking. Since we have named 2022 the year of living colorfully, what is another interesting aspect of daydreaming is that these vacations in our minds are always lived in vivid color. Similar to the scene in the classic movie, The Wizard of Oz, our night dreaming can sometimes be in black and white, but our daydreams are all in technicolor. Psychologists believe this is because we are emotionally invested in our daydreams, experiencing them firsthand. Whereas in night dreaming, we are an observer and often emotionally distant from what is happening. The other reason daydreaming makes us feel more alive is that we experience them with all five senses even if it is coming from memory and being forecasted into our future. Smells or tastes or scenes from our past help create connected memories into our future. Therefore, our daydreams become a well-known escape from the routine of everyday life. It clears out the clutter in our brains in a similar way that night dreaming clears the toxins and modulates the emotions of our day. The trick is not to get lost in our daydreams or have them derail our daily activities to an extent that all we are doing is mindless wandering. Think of daydreams like a vacation. You need the break, but you cannot take a vacation every hour of every day. This is where the difference between intentional and unintentional daydreaming comes in. When we daydream, content matters as to whether it will be hurtful or harmful to our health. PCD, or Positive Constructive Daydreaming, is where your brain is overloaded and you need to take a break to problem solve or escape. Sometimes when we daydream, unintentionally, we are really ruminating, allowing toxic memories to invade and disrupt our thinking. In fact, scientists have tracked daydreaming in several studies and found that not only does the content of our daydreams matter, but we need to be free moving to avoid ruminating that causes negative effects such as depression or increased anxiety. When we free move, 
Our minds typically go to a playful or positive fantasy life that can boost our mood. It also allows us to not be anchored in our past, but to float freely into a future of more happiness and hopefulness. In the animal kingdom, scientists have found that humans, unlike most other animals, can focus on things that may happen in the future as much as the things that happened in the past. This gives us an enormous advantage to create our own happiness. Neuroscientists believe that since daydreams involve both our past or current lives with our fantasy future lives, the brain is performing complex thinking. Thus, daydreams become another way to increase our neuroplasticity, which has only been scientifically validated since the 1960s. Prior to that time, scientists did not think we could regenerate the cells in our brains. But now, neuroplasticity is used in breakthrough therapeutics in areas such as spinal cord injury, paraplegia, and other disabling physical issues to build new neural pathways and neuronal cells to overcome previous limitations. In many ways, the ability to daydream has given us evolutionary adaptive value. For caregivers, the ability to use daydreams allows us to creatively think through complex emotional problems without feeling pressured to solve the problem right now. Zachary Irving, an assistant professor of philosophy at the University of Virginia who co-authored a study on daydreaming said, if you focus all the time on your goals, you can miss important information. And so having a free association thought process that randomly generates memories and imaginative experiences can lead you to new ideas and insights. When we allow our brains to rest from the left-sided analytical decision-making area of our brain and instead flex the right side of the brain where creativity resides, we are helping ourselves to unplug from current stressors and avoid building up to the point of burnout. Some of the benefits of daydreaming affect several of the seven areas of wellness, including our emotional, intellectual, and social health. Studies have shown daydreaming builds a sense of identity and may even help with resiliency. This is because you are combining memories of your past or current life with your fantasy future life, and thus you are creating a pathway to build a better you. Other studies have found we become more flexible and maybe more empathetic because we daydream about alternative scenarios. By looking at alternative solutions or other ways of doing things, we foster more flexibility in our lives that can help with stress. This also helps us build upon our social capital, which can make us more successful and happier in our relationships. This is called elastic thinking, and it was coined by physicist and author Leonard Molodino. Most of the innovations of the world, whether in business or science or art, come from elastic thinking. Elastic thinking requires the capacity to let go of comfortable ideas, become accustomed to ambiguity, and rely on both imagination and logic to generate ideas. We hope you enjoyed this Me Time Monday wellness hack. Each episode features a new hack. You can also learn more about the Me Time Monday workshop and my upcoming book at caregivingclub.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Caregiving Club on Air. Please listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and other listening channels and check out all of the resources and article links on our episode guide page 
at karyclub.com on the podcast tab. And you can email us with any questions or comments at podcast at caregivingclub.com. Take care and stay well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Caregiving Club on Air. Please listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and other listening channels. You can check out all the resources and article links on our episode guide page at caregivingclub.com on the podcast tab. And you can email us at podcast at caregivingclub.com. Take care and stay well.